0: You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Heart Matters, where leading cardiology experts explore the latest trends, technologies, and clinical developments in cardiology practice. Your host for Heart Matters is Dr. Jack Lewin, Chief Executive Officer of the American College of Cardiology.
1: California is the largest state in our union, bigger than a host of nations in many ways. From population to gross domestic product... It's sheer size is one of many reasons why the state's health care system is under duress. Despite California's complicated budget woes, the state is one of the few in the nation to take significant steps toward health care reform. As national reform efforts begin to take shape, what lessons can we draw from California's experience to inform future federal policy initiatives? Our guest today is Kim Belche. Secretary of the California Health and Human Services Agency. Appointed by Republican Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, she has served in this post as secretary since November 2003. Welcome, Secretary Belche.
0: Thank you, Chuck. Good to be with you.
1: Kim, can you walk us through the recent past in California in terms of attempts at health care reform and progress to date?
0: Absolutely. Governor Schwarzenegger identified comprehensive health reform as a major priority for our state uh, in 2006-2007 and really dedicated over 18 months of his administration's efforts in an attempt to achieve comprehensive reform. And by that, we mean coverage for all, affordability, and prevention and wellness. He partnered with the former Democratic Assembly Speaker, Fabian Nunez, and together they crafted an approach to achieve near-universal coverage through a mixture of private and public sector solutions. Let me spend a moment just outlining briefly what those elements of reform were because they're really quite similar to what is emerging as possible comprehensive reform at the national level. Governor Schwarzenegger's plan required that all Californians take personal responsibility for their health coverage in terms of purchasing insurance for themselves or their children. It guaranteed that no Californian could be turned away from being insured based upon their age or their medical history. It endeavored to make coverage more affordable for individuals and families by broadening our state's Medicaid and s program for low-income populations and providing subsidies and tax credits for lower- to middle-income residents, and proposed a series of system performance improvements focusing on such uh, efforts as improved transparency of cost and quality information, payment incentives towards quality and value, and using health information technology as a tool. It incorporated comprehensive prevention and wellness strategy to keep residents healthier and to lower costs. And finally, it spread responsibility across individuals, government, and hospitals for financing reform and included a minimum employer contribution. So the governor's approach was fundamentally based upon a belief that the answer, at least in California, for addressing our our state's health care coverage and cost challenges was not at either end of the ideological continuum, if you will. It wasn't all market-based. It wasn't all government-based. But rather, it was based upon the idea that the answer is in the middle, not at the extremes. And I I think we're seeing a similar approach emerging in Washington, D.C.
1: Yeah. You know, Kim, I was really personally pulling for you guys. I thought the governor and you and others that put this together put a very balanced approach together with, as you say... Employers involved, expansion of the medi and S-CHIP eligibility, obligations on everybody, hospitals, doctors, insurers, everyone had to chip in and make it work. It's a shame it didn't happen. So what are the lessons we can take from this effort in terms of how to get this to happen next time, even with the support of a of an able governor like Arnold Schwarzenegger?
0: Well, we certainly did learn a lot along the way. And a couple of those lessons I'd touch on that I think are, are relevant for the national conversation that is now underway. One relates to both the power and the limitations of leadership. Absolutely, leadership by the boss, and in our case, Governor Schwarzenegger, matters a lot, but it's not enough. Bipartisan leadership is essential, but most of all, broad-based legislative champions really is what's essential. And in California, for a variety of reasons, the Republican Governor Schwarzenegger was effectively negotiating with the majority legislative Democrats. And John Kingsdale, who's the head of the Massachusetts Connector, I remember him sharing with me early on in California's effort, he said, whatever you do, don't try to reform 15-20% of your state's economy on a majority vote basis. And I think that was good counsel to us then, and I think that's important counsel to our colleagues in Washington. Uh, Another lesson we learned is that a comprehensive approach really creates important programmatic and political opportunities. On the policy side, when we've got a lot on the table, if you will, we found that reform elements that, when sought on their own, were quite problematic, if not unworkable, but when proposed together, really can create a very integrated, viable reform strategy. And probably the best example of that is the idea of a requirement on on health plans to guarantee issue, regardless of, of age, health status, occupation with the proposal to mandate that everyone purchase insurance. good example of bringing two ideas that on their own don't really work, but together actually create a a viable reform strategy. And politically, having a comprehensive approach provides a lot more room for negotiation and trade-offs. A third lesson I'd note is the fact that we found that diverse, broad-based coalitions for change actually are possible. It means approaching stakeholder groups not as monolithic segments, but really with an eye towards securing significant pluralities within each stakeholder group. And I think we're seeing, emerging in Washington, that a coalition very similar to the one that was created in California is enduring and really providing leadership at the national level. And probably the final lesson I I would note, and I could go on really relates to the importance of including strong delivery system reform. We found that that really is an essential condition to build the broader base of support and legislative champions that's required for comprehensive reform to really have a, a chance of succeeding. And, and there in California, I don't think we were sufficiently, we were really successful. The conversation in California was really all about expanding coverage, the insurance card, who gets the card, how to pay for the card. And I don't believe we did a good enough job focusing on the cost containment side. And I think that made it very difficult for the business community and many Republicans to step up and be full partners. I think in Washington, we're now seeing a real focus on cost containment as the leading issue. And I think that changes the political and policy dynamics.
1: Now, I'm sure it does, because uh, somebody's got to figure out who's going to mark this up and who's going to pay for it and so forth. Did the unique challenges in California posed by undocumented workers and their families have any major impact on all this and the controversies around it?
0: California is unique in many ways, and one example of that is we do have, uh, relative to other states, a very significant number of people who are in our state without legal immigration status, and Governor Schwarzenegger, I believe to his credit, hit that issue head on and didn't ignore it. And from Governor Schwarzenegger's perspective, he felt that all children, regardless of immigration status, should be insured, and so he proposed including undocumented immigrant children in our Medicaid and SCHIP program. But he also acknowledged that those children have parents, and currently undocumented immigrant adults are accessing services in the least appropriate, most expensive setting possible, and that's an emergency room. So the governor said... I'm not prepared to require undocumented immigrants to secure coverage for themselves, but I do want to make sure that there is capacity outside of emergency rooms to provide more appropriate care in a less costly setting. And that was manifested by additional resources going to clinics. So this is a big national issue that Congress thus far really isn't taking on very directly, but states like California, Texas, Florida, others are keenly attentive to federal policy in this area.
1: If you're just joining us, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Jack Lewin. Our guest is Kim Belché, Secretary of the California Health and Human Services Agency, and we're discussing the state of California's recent efforts at health system reform and how this informs efforts toward changes on the national level. Kim, we talked a little bit about aligning the incentives. Was there any big movement in California to try to pay for quality, to put the fiscal incentives to promote quality as part of this? Or is that something that was just too controversial for doctors and hospitals to to take on?
0: Well, Governor Schwarzenegger did put forward a, a series of proposals that endeavored to make some progress as a term in terms of payment system reform to try to move somewhat away from a more traditional fee for service to incorporate incentives to contain cost and reward value. He also included provisions to promote greater transparency of information with the goal of providing uh, consumers, employers others with information to inform decision-making and improve performance in the system. He also included provisions to incorporate health information technology as a tool to advance those delivery system and information system reforms. On a relative scale, progress was made, but I I would not characterize them as broad-sweeping reforms, in part because California's Medicaid provider reimbursement is among the lowest in the nation, and so it was difficult for the state to say to our provider partners, not only are we going to reimburse you at among the lowest levels in the nation, we're also going to impose more requirements on you. So what Governor Schwarzenegger had proposed was investing 3 or $4 billion additional dollars in provider reimbursement to make Medicaid more attractive as a business partner and to allocate a portion of that increase to reward performance. This is an issue all states are very interested in as it relates to federal reform. Certainly, we're seeing proposals for Medicare payment. Uh, reforms, including pay for performance and non-payment for adverse events and payment bundling, et cetera. I think, from a state perspective, we think those types of strategies really do have the potential to improve quality and increase efficiency and reduce healthcare costs. We really hope, frankly, from a state perspective, that the federal government will look for ways to align changes in Medicare with payment reforms in in Medicaid as well.
1: That's great, I, and I think that that is going to be necessary to help states move. And hopefully that will become a bigger part of the agenda, particularly in Medicaid. What about health IT and what the federal government could do there? California has been a leader in these regards and proposed a lot of bold things besides the stimulus money, which is very substantial. Anything else that Congress ought to do there?
0: Well, we are, as a state, very grateful for the federal leadership thus far in terms of the stimulus investment in health information technology exchange and broadband. We very much believe that uh, properly structured and implemented statewide health information exchange and technology can play a very important role in terms of improving healthcare quality, access, and safety. And we are getting on with it here in California. We have uh, put together a group of some of the the Leading thinkers in our state to help inform a process we have just kicked off to strengthen our ability to maximize federal stimulus funding for health information exchange, to position our state to pull down as much um, support as possible, particularly as it relates to implementation of health information exchange, and in so doing help our provider community be better positioned to meaningfully use health information technology and maximize funding at the provider level. So, the resources are there; the will is there. And uh, the work is now underway.
1: Very good. Well, as you look to the future and looking at it from the point of view of DHHS in, in California, where do you see this all shaking down in terms of state level reforms and federal reform? How much of the reform processes do you think likely going to be a federal mandate, federal commitment, and how much should be delegated to the states? How do you see this coming down after all this debate?
0: From our perspective, we're we're fairly optimistic in terms of the prospects for federal reform and comprehensive reform, in part because many of the, the elements of reform that are emerging are ones that are very familiar to many states, including California, Massachusetts, and others. I think we are fairly optimistic as well because we're not starting from scratch. We have a number of states that are really leading the way in terms of implementing reform, as well as, such as Massachusetts, as well as states like California, that invested a tremendous amount of time and energy in trying to put together a really meaningful, comprehensive approach. I think the leadership we're seeing in Washington is also hopeful to states because while states can make progress on their own in incremental ways, at the end of the day, the federal government really is and needs to be an essential partner for reform. The federal government controls too many of the levers for comprehensive change, whether it be tax policy, ERISA, or financing. And finally, I think we're optimistic because we have a president and leaders in Congress who really understand that advancing reforms in our nation's healthcare financing and delivery system is critical to our, our nation's economic competitiveness and productivity. So I think there is a window of opportunity here, notwithstanding uh, the many challenges we face as a, as a nation, with the leadership of the President and Congress, to really advance health care reform in the context of economic recovery and economic productivity gains.
1: Well, as a recent Californian currently living in Washington, D.C., I certainly look to California to lead the way in a variety of areas, budget woes notwithstanding. I I expect the creativity of California to help inform the national debate as we go forward. This has been a a fascinating discussion, and I think one that will be of benefit to everybody out there. We've been learning more about the state of California's efforts at health system reform with Kim Belche, secretary of their Department of Health and Human Services. Kim, thank you very much for being our guest. It's been a very good discussion.
0: Thank you for um, including me. I very much appreciate the time, and our provider partners are just absolutely critical voices and participants in this really important conversation that's unfolding, not just here in California, but uh, nationally. So thank you for your uh, attention. You've been listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For more information on this week's show or to download a podcast to this segment, please visit us at ReachMD.com.